Hello, Hi Rock. Welcome to our daily devotional. We are continuing with our walk through the Exodus. And yesterday we were at the parting of the sea. And today we're going to be in the wilderness of sin. So we are in chapter 16, verses 1 through 5 and 19 through 31, uh, 19 through 31, where we read this. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elim and journeyed into the wilderness of sin between Elim and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There too, the whole, com whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each, each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they will gather food, and when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. Then Moses told them, Do not keep any of it until morning. But some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. But by then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. After this, the people gathered the food morning by morning, each family according to its need. And as the sun became hot, the flakes they had picked up melted and disappeared. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual, four quarts for each person instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. He told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Today will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what is left for tomorrow. So they put aside some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good, without maggots or odor. Moses said, eat this food today, for today is a Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. There will be no food on the ground today. You may gather the food for six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. There will be no food on the ground that day. Some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day, but they found no food. The Lord asked Moses, How long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. That is why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day, so there will be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. Do not go out to pick up food on the seventh day. So the people did not gather any food on the seventh day. The Israelites called the food manna. It was white like coriander seed, and it tasted like honey wafers. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this can seem like a kind of a strange scene, but there's an amazing number of connections to other scriptures, and uh, especially in the New Testament. Uh, but before going to that, I need to, need to just mention, I think the first time I read through this as a new believer, uh, I thought the wilderness of sin must have been this really awful place because of the name, but it, it does, it's not related to the English word sin at all. It's related to the word for, you know, like the Sinai Desert. It's the region, like the Sinai Desert or Mount Sinai. So that's what the, the wilderness of sin is. Although it is but a funny the, and very convenient coincidence. <laughs> yes, it is. A, perhaps in some ways a happy coincidence, a fitting coincidence. Uh, and so there's this manna, that, and it, manna means what is it? They didn't know what to call it, so they called it what is it, and they had to eat this this what is it, this miraculous food provided from from heaven. And uh, in John six, Jesus draws a direct comparison from that 
to who he is, that he is the bread from heaven. And so we call Jesus the bread of life. And he's making a reference to this manna, just as God miraculously provided for their sustenance in the wilderness. God is providing us Jesus for our sustenance uh, for far more than just the wilderness, but for our eternal life. Uh, but the way that God gives this is meant to provide certain instructions for us in, in how to live with, with one another in relation to our work and our relation to God. Uh, there's this, uh, it's just enough for each day. And this is exactly where that phrase daily bread comes from. People, we pray it all the time, you know, give us today our daily bread. And maybe we don't realize we're talking about the experience of manna. This was their daily bread. And it was literally daily bread. They couldn't save it for the next day or it turned to maggots. And, and it's this depiction there and in the Lord's Prayer, I think, of daily dependence that we're meant to have a day-by-day relationship with the Lord. And this is depicted also in Proverbs 30, where there's this prayer prayer where the, the man says, um, give me neither riches um, nor poverty, because if I'm rich, I may become uh, proud and say, who is God? And if I'm if I'm poor, I might be, uh, become tempted to steal and so dishonor God's name. Instead, he says, give me my daily bread. There's this idea that the right kind of relationship we are to have with God is one of daily dependence, never too much, never too little. And we can share with one another. But then there's this extra thing where at the end of the week, they get this double portion and they're wondering, wait a minute, what's going on? We're only supposed to have enough for today. And Moses explains this is so that they do not have to work on the seventh day. Back when they were slaves in Egypt, they had to work every day. But now they're given a day of rest where they do not have to work. And so God blesses them with extra on the seventh day, twice as much. And and I you know, with this whole picture, I love what Jill Briscoe does. Jill Briscoe is a, a pastor at large for Elmbrook Church out in um, Wisconsin. And uh, one book that she wrote is called Here. It's a book about Moses called Here I Am, Send Aaron, which I think is a great title and so fitting for who Moses is and how he relates to God and his mission. But she looks at this uh, this manna as a model of, of even modern spirituality, the idea like, you know, she said the kind of the model we tend to have um, today in the church is we, we evaluate churches based on how well they feed us. And we come in on Sunday spiritually hungry, wanting the church to feed us. And so, you know, if we don't find it, if we find a church that isn't feeding us well, we're going to go to another one that does feed us well. And she said, instead, the, the model for spirituality presented here for us is that we are each to gather our own food every day to have this daily relationship with God, to be filled spiritually by God every day. And on the, the sixth day, to have this double portion so that when we gather together, we actually have so much to share. We can come, rather than coming hungry, looking to be fed, we can come together already full and looking to share with one another so that the experience can be one where we are are, are being fed by each other and having the opportunity to feed each other. And he said, you know, she invites us to imagine how different our churches would be, how different our own spiritual lives would be if we had this kind of model of spirituality in mind, that we would gather together, not looking just to be fed, but rather looking for ways to bless others with, with what God has already provided to us. I think Joel is right on here that this is the kind of model of spirituality that God has for us. Uh, Dave, I'm wondering what you see in today's passage. Well, I love what you just shared. The um, uh, the thing that sticks out to me, you know, I remember early on uh, when I was new to all of this, uh, you know, I'd read things like this and and try to then figure out, okay, what's the the natural explanation for this? I mean, obviously, you know, God provides it, whatever. But like, <laughs> even if it was God providing it, He had to provide it through means that were ordinary. And so, 
you know, I remember um, learning about uh, actually one of my, my older brother had come back when he was, I had become a Christian in high school, very end of high school. Um, and my older brother was a college student. And you know, one holiday he came home and was a little bit making fun of me saying, hey, you know, we just learned in our class that, uh, that you know, this whole thing about the parting of the sea. Well, that's not, you know, that wasn't like God doing it. It was just, and he explained why at that time, because of the, the weird gravitational pull, that that actually could have easily just separated the waters because of, uh, you know, the location of some other planets versus the moon and whatever. And I thought, well, that really, that's even more remarkable. I mean, how amazing that, you know, back before they knew any of this, that, that it just so happened that just the moment the Israelites are pinned right up against that sea and the Israelite, the uh, Egyptian army is coming after them, all of a sudden, that's the moment this happened. Incredible. But but the impulse there, right? And so I can still praise God for working through natural, natural means. Uh, but I, I think that this really defies trying to find a kind of a natural means because there we see that the food rots if they collect it the first day. It rots, you know, they collect multiple days worth. Uh, except on Saturday, it doesn't rot. And on Saturday, or I guess really on Friday, uh, when they collect it, right, it, it, they can get two days worth and it doesn't rot. And it, it um, there's twice as much there, right? And so it would be hard to think through a naturalistic explanation for that. Uh, but I really think that God is actually taking this amount of care because he's trying to train the people to trust in him, to obey him, including obeying not working right on the Sabbath. Uh, I love this reminder because I think we so often forget this. We feel like the Sabbath, oh, I'm not supposed to work. And it's some kind of like God's holding me back, uh, you know. But but the reality, verse 29, they must realize the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. Right. God is not, it's not that God is saying, Hey, you got to do this as a gift to me. No, 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 no. I'm doing this as a gift to you. You need this more than you realize. But as the one who made you, God's saying, I know you need it. You need a day of rest. You need a day of worship. You need a day not to work. And I think physically we need it, but I think actually much more spiritually we need it. And so God's really trying to train them to have this genuine dependence on God. And, and we talk about it, just, you know, nowadays in our, our denomination, the covenant, we talk about conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit. And I, I, the reality is we are dependent on the Holy Spirit, but many of us are not consciously dependent on the Holy Spirit. We're not aware that we're dependent. And sometimes we are trying to be independent of the Holy Spirit. But the healthy spiritual life is constant, a conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit. And so then going back to uh, Joe Briscoe's idea, that as I'm going and feeding on God's word, right, that, that's really kind of what this metaphor is that, that uh, you know, every word, my, my meal is to eat on every word that comes from the mouth of God, right, that, that God's word is what's going to feed us and nourish us. And God will miraculously show up because that's the thing. This is a miraculous gift. God will miraculously show up. So it's not just that I have to go and open my Bible every day and try to get something. I think a lot of us feel that I've got to somehow bring my cleverness and I got to get something out of this passage. No, I need to show up and I have to believe the Holy Spirit's going to show up and the Spirit is going to speak to me through this passage. God will give me the bread if I'm there ready to receive it, right? And so the people, they couldn't just sit in their tents and then have the, the manna show up. They actually had to go out and collect it 
but God had laid it all out there for them. And I think that's going to be our experience as well. God is going to do the part that we cannot do, right? It's a miraculous intervention, but God's calling us to do the part that we can do. And we've got to do it and God will not do it for us. Uh, but I think finding this as a, as a pattern, as Jill Briscoe says, is such a, a great idea. But I think really, and this is why I applaud all of you who are here with us on the daily devotions. You're here to get your daily bread. But really what we're all counting on together as we march outside every morning into God's word, we want God to speak to us. And so my, my prayer is that you're hearing more than John's wisdom uh, or my kind of random musings. You're really hearing from the Holy Spirit that God shows up every time we show up and God speaks. Mm -hmm. And so I, I hope that that's what you're getting to hear, that God is feeding you today each time we open up God's word together. I think that's a wonderful thought to close on, and I'd love to pray for us. Let's do that. Oh, our good and gracious God, we thank you for the incredible amount of, of care and tenderness and insight you put into caring for your people here with the Israelites and, and with us as well. Lord, we echo the, the words of the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, that you would give us today our daily bread. Lord, give it to us, give this to us so that we might learn to trust you more and more. We might see your love and concern for us, that we might develop a daily dependence and relationship with you. But also, Lord, bless us uh, to overflowing when we gather so that we might be able to help feed one another with the, the, uh, the extra bounty that you have given us to share with one another. We thank you for this in Jesus' name, who is the true bread from heaven. It's in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm supposed to have a quick sign off right now, but I'm not going to do that uh, because, you know, it occurs to me that this is such an interesting passage for today. I'm going to be writing an email out to our church. If you're watching this with us on Friday, uh, you're hopefully going to get an email from me today, maybe tomorrow. I'm going to do my best. Um, but I actually feel like even just for me, this is an encouragement. Maybe this is my daily bread. Uh, the encouragement that God can provide. And we have to do our part in obedience that God can give us miraculous, where God can provide food in a desert. There doesn't need to be some clever strategy that we come up with. God is able to do miracles, but we have got to be obedient as well. And uh, and I just that's actually an encouragement for me today. And maybe as you get my email, you might have that in your mind and, uh, and think about that as well. Um, we are consciously dependent on the Holy Spirit. Friends, have a wonderful weekend. We look forward to seeing you again on Monday.